Hey there, Koejo here, and I understand that running your own Facebook ads can be quite complicated and intimidating, and yet, at this point, you're not ready to hire out Facebook ad management. So, if this is you, I can teach you how to run your own Facebook ads. One-on-one, -on -one, unlimited support over the next 28 days. We will have three Zoom calls, and in between those calls, you get all the support and all my strategies I will audit your graphics, your ad copy, make sure that you're set up the way that's working best for my clients. We'll take care of all the analytics. I will coach you step-by-step step how to troubleshoot ads, how to know when to scale, and how to read all the signs so that you're equipped to run successful lead magnet campaigns and profitable sales campaigns and registration campaigns for your launch or what have you. If you need this kind of support from me right now, then click the link in the show notes below. It's the art of online business forward slash call. I've been doing this all along, but now the offer is just focused on helping you run your successful ad campaign within the next 28 days and the next five people get a pretty nice discount. All right, the link is in the show notes below. Back to the episode. Hey, my friends, my name is Rick Mulready, and I'm an online business coach. I'm an ads expert, and I'm all about helping online course creators and coaches make more money in their business while working fewer hours. But most importantly, I'm a father and I'm a husband. With this podcast, you're going to learn exactly how to become what we here call the optimized CEO of your business. And that means you're optimizing your sales and marketing, your time and your mindset so that you could have more freedom, a bigger impact and make more money. So grab a coffee, open up your favorite notes app. This is the Art of Online Business Podcast. What's up, my friend? I'm Rick Mulready, and thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, super appreciate you. Hope all's going well whatever you're up to right now. Thanks for taking some time to come hang out with me today. And I've got a really, really good episode for you today. And I'm pumped about my guest that I'm about to introduce you to. Her name is India Jackson. And I've gotten to know India through my personal work and my team's work as a business. Uh, as I mentioned here on the show before, we are working with a DEI consultant, diversity, equality, and inclusion consultant. And her name is Erica Corday. She's been a guest here on the show. Well, India is her business partner. And so a lot of the work that we're doing, India is very involved with it. She's more so involved in the marketing side. And that's the area that we're getting into now. So I really want to have India on the show here to talk about the type of work that we're doing, but also talk about you know things like stale marketing, what stale marketing is, how she views it, how she sees it right now, which is really prevalent. Uh, so like what stale marketing is and what you can be doing instead. She talks about why less is more when it comes to your marketing, how to use stories in your business to set yourself apart. And she also talks about why your business is about people rather than tactics and strategies. And also a big part of India's work is to help deprogram how we business owners and other people think about marketing and branding. It's a big part of her work. And India is the CEO of Flaunt Your Fire, which is a brand visibility agency that disrupts industry standards and defies that stale marketing 
advice and they believe in attracting the right people, that attraction is not determined by the tactics or strategies that you use, but however, by sharing your purpose, your culture, and your values. And I also mentioned she's the co-founder of Pause on the Play. She's the co-founder with former guest and my current DEI consultant, Erica Corday, who's amazing, where they work with help and train business leaders and leaders overall to evolve their everyday actions, branding, and marketing efforts to foster meaningful connections and inclusivity. So we're going to be diving into all that today here with India. Now, before we do, we are accepting applications right now for my accelerator coaching program. This is for online course creators and online coaches who are already averaging at least seven to 8K per month from your online business. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling stuck, if you're burnt out or heading towards burnout and you want to grow your business and scale it to have a bigger impact and help more people, but yet you absolutely cannot add more hours to your workday, well, that's what we're all about. We're all about helping you scale and grow, have a bigger impact higher revenue, more freedom while working fewer hours. Okay. And so if this sounds like something that you're interested in, it's application only go to rickmulready.com forward slash accelerator. All right, my friends, without further ado, let's go hang out with India Jackson. India, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I am well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we've been talking about being afraid to be on stage before recording. And you have a better picture right now on your regular MacBook Pro camera than I do with a DSLR here. I clearly don't know what I'm doing when it comes to this stuff. And you told me that this was your one of your expertises and I had no idea. So that makes me feel even worse or I feel worse now. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm so excited to have you on the show. And like I tell everybody coming on the show, and just like I mentioned to you, this is just like me and you sitting down for coffee. Like I am not the type of interviewer to have like, okay, question number one, question number two, I got to ask this one, this one. We're going to be diving into just challenging people to rethink how they think about their marketing and how they show up in their business and visibility and values and all that stuff. And as everybody knows that we're listening right now, this is the work that I'm going through. And India is part of the team that I'm working with as we really frankly reinvent the direction of the business and how I operate as a person and also as a business owner and how we work with our, our students as well. So before we get into all the juicy stuff, India, let's have <laughs> you introduce yourself and uh, let us know who you are, what you do right now, and kind of how you got to where you are today. Ooh, my favorite part of interviews. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Let's see. The formal press bio would say that I am the CEO of Flaunt Your Fire and the co-founder of Pause and the Play the Community. And those are two entities that I own, of which I really dive into helping entrepreneurs and personal brands show up and own their power. And I landed there because from being a model and a bodybuilder all the way up to being a published photographer for over 10 years, I watched brands really just navigate being portrayed in a way that was sellable, but it wasn't authentic. It wasn't true to who they really were inside or the values that they had or the impact that they wanted to create in the world. And so as I watched this develop over 10 years, you know, I really took it upon myself to decide how can things be done differently. And in that, I developed a brand visibility agency, Flaunt Your Fire, and its podcast, as well as Pause in the Play, where we dive into really guiding people through doing things differently and 
in many different ways. Part of that is ditching stale marketing advice and tactics and breaking out of industry molds and really just building more authority by being more of yourself, you know, and being more vulnerable. And that sounds scary, but the other side of that is such beautiful results and results that allow you to build a network and a community of people that are about whatever it is that you decide to do 10, 20 years from now, instead of just what you're selling for today. Well, what's the informal bio for you then? Because that was really <laughs> that was really well put. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Informally, I would say that uh, I identify as being an African-American female, born and raised in America. And I like to dabble into a lot of areas and a lot of different things creatively. And that has formulated a very unique perspective that I have. And when I say that, it's taken me all the way through the journey of art and design to so many other areas of life. Like right now, my business partner, Erica, and I have been exploring like roller skating on the weekends together as a way to really strengthen our friendship, but also just experience joy and fun and some of the things that we forget to infuse into our work life yeah. and into our work relationships. So that's like the informal piece. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So you said so many things there that I do want to dive into. And I think a good place to start, you mentioned the words stale marketing and tactics. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Ooh, stale marketing. I feel like a lot of that is rooted in shoulds. Mm -hmm. and rooted in what some people would call bro marketing or others would call fleb marketing, female lifestyle empowerment brand marketing. But it's just this idea of doing things in a way that everyone else is doing it and not really taking a moment to pause and ask yourself if that's the right way for you and your team to do it and really getting back to your values. I think most marketing starts with what you're selling and who you're going to sell it to and what their demographics are. And when I say demographics, I mean their age, their race, their geographic location, their income level, all of these things that honestly allow us to have unconscious biases about people, allow us to stereotype people and to judge them. But really, when we look at the things of what you're selling, who you're selling it to and what their demographics are, it doesn't tell you anything about who they are at their core and what matters to them. And so a large part of like the work that Eric and I do together is really getting back to one person's values and then looking to market that in such a way that it's infused in everything that they do. Company values, brand values, podcast topics, you name it. And when we begin to talk about our values more, it allows us to attract people. And I say people because I think sometimes we can get used to calling them audiences and listeners and followers and forget that they're real humans. Yep. And we're attracting them based off of what they care about too, what they have in common that you both care about. Therefore, you can sell something completely different 10 years from now, and they're yeah. still going to be on this train or on this ride with you. This is the work that we're doing together. I do want to talk about values because that was the first workshop that my team and I did with you and Erica. And it was very eye-opening for me, as I'm sure that you experience with many of your clients when doing that kind of work. And I had a hard time with a lot of the questions and stuff. And I think one of the biggest takeaways, obviously, then outside of just beginning to form what those values are, is that you really encourage me to let it set for a while or sit for a while and then like <laughs> just let it marinate a little bit and, and just see what comes of it after you revisit it. 
And now that I've begun to do that, I'm kind of like, okay, what's the next step? Right. Because <laughs> I'm like very like, I'm so, I'm so excited to be going through this process as you and I've talked about. And so when somebody is looking to create their own business and follow their own path, I know that can be really scary, right? Yes. And you mentioned there that the other side of doing this work can be beautiful results. <laughs> I remember boxering you one time and I was like, what does that mean? Because this is really, especially where I'm sort of, I feel like I'm like reinventing you're being more of yourself. You're finding your way back to you. Yeah. I mean, that's what I see. Yeah. Perfectly put. And I think that there's a fear there. As weird as that sounds, like, can I be successful? Just anybody thinking that, right? Like, well, I have to do it the way that it's being discussed in the online space, for example, or else I won't be successful. So what would you begin to say to somebody who might be thinking that where I like, I can't be authentic. I can't be vulnerable because then my business isn't going to grow. Can you kind of talk about that? And then like on the other side, it's like, what is that beautiful results? What could that mean for people? Yeah. I mean, I think that, well, number one is recognizing that people buy things from people, right? And I am a person in the branding world, in the marketing and visibility world. And I'm still saying that your brand is a reflection of your reputation. And that reputation, while the logos and the colors play a role in it, ultimately, the lasting impact are the humans behind it and how they made people feel. Everything from the CEO to the person handling customer service on the phone. You can have the best logo, the best graphics, the best website, the best podcast. And if the moment somebody reaches out to anyone on your team or you, that if their experience was the most amazing person ever, that's going to be what they talk about for years to come no matter who asked them what they thought about insert brand name here. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, if that response is that this person was really rude and nasty, they're going to say that as well. And the logos and the graphics and things like that can attract people. And it's important to be able to elicit like psychological feelings and responses and emotions. Mm -hmm. But what is equally important are the relationships that you're building when it comes to the marketing side of branding. Anyway, I could go on about that, but I think that the most important piece is really just getting back to that humanization because humans buy things from and invest in and believe in and support other humans. And if you can show them what is important to you, then you've built a bond that will go beyond anything you're going to sell. And in that, it's also being able to share those stories, not just of you, but you know, depending on the brand that you have, maybe that includes stories from your team members, stories from your clients. Mm -hmm. These are what live in people's hearts forever. I know we didn't talk about it in the beginning, but you know, I've worked with some really big brands. And I'll say that even companies like Christian Dior, which may feel so out of reach you know, for being a small business owner, we still, as I was leading their teams, led with selling from stories and selling from relationships, not mm -hmm. selling about the science behind a product or the ingredients or that it's the most luxury materials ever, or Charlize Theron wore this. You know, um, we sold from the story behind how the fragrance was created, or the story mm. behind how much Christian Dior himself truly believed in making women not just more beautiful, but happier too. And that's what people will remember. Yeah. So you mentioned obviously a huge brand and the principle of that we can all put into play in our business. But like, how can we incorporate something like that 
for, let's just say, a coaching program or a course or community or whatever it might be with regard to story to be able to tell and create that authentic picture for people? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the easiest things to start with on the surface, I say ease, but it will take, you know, ditching what you've been told that marketing needs to look like. It's beginning to share the lessons you're learning each week. And I think that sometimes we take the education and knowledge that we have that has nothing to do with our business necessarily, but we're just moving through life and trying new things and experimenting and learning in the process. We can take those things for granted, but we always have gems to share. And I do believe that we've been in a world where it's pushed a lot that your marketing needs to be giving away what you do for free to some degree. Like, I'm going to give you five tips on how to do this, even though this is what I sell. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's sharing the things that you don't even sell. Like I just discovered, I want to say five years ago, a company called TerraCycle. And TerraCycle recycles hard to recycle items. And mm-hmm. did you know that 90% of the things that you put inside the recycle bin doesn't get recycled? Actually, I have access to give you some free UPS shipping labels. This is actually true. So if you're listening, <laughs> reach out. <laughs> Being able to recycle, like hard to recycle beauty items like foil packets and Mm -hmm. lipstick tubes. These are things that can't go into your normal study recycling. And I'm just sharing a free resource. This free resource has nothing to do with giving away what I sell for free. Mm -hmm. And it's something that can help people do something to make the world a better place. And in me sharing something like that, it instantly has shown the people that follow me and consume my content and are part of my businesses and brands that I care about the environment. I care about our planet. If they care about that, they're going to A, recycle more things, which everybody wins from that. Yeah. But B, also remember that I care about the same things they care about. Maybe they're more likely to contact me when they're ready to spend money instead of the other marketing agency or branding agency that is using single-use plastics all the time. Yeah. I love that. I actually, honestly, (laughs) you're like, yeah, that's why we're doing this work, Rick. But I've never thought of it like that. (laughs) And one thing that I think that I've mentioned to you is that people who listen to the show here don't know this until right now, is that my wife and I have made the decision to not put Maya in our pictures or video anymore you know, on social media, just because she can't make that decision for herself. And so until that point, we want to leave that up to her when she's able to make that decision. And so I really struggle because that's such a huge value of mine. Like I literally just heard this morning from one of my accelerator members that like started listening to the podcast and she heard me talking about how much I love being a father and my daughter and running a business all at the same time. And I want to be talking more about that and sharing more of that. But honestly, I'm hitting this block around how to do that. Basically, what I'm saying is on social media without showing my daughter, right? Because so much of my life outside of the business is my daughter, right? Right. You know, I think that it's one of those things that I see come up with a lot of business owners that have children, Mm -hmm. is that family is so important to them. And how do you find a way to begin to communicate that without like visually showing your family all the time. And there's some ways to to get creative about that. But I don't think that every picture that we attach, I mean, when I think about something like Facebook or Instagram needs to have the picture of the humans that you're talking about in the actual photo. Like we can still describe in the caption what we're feeling and what we're experiencing, what matters to us. That's one way around it. Um, mm-hmm. I've also done some really creative things back in the days of, you know, being behind the camera as a photographer, of photographing things in a very beautiful way, but it's maybe showing 
your child walking away. So you're just getting the back of their head. You're not actually disclosing their identity because for some business owners, depending on what you do, you know, that becomes a safety issue. So there's a lot of ways to go about that. But I always say that it's still important to talk about what's important to you, even when it's your sure. family, even when it's not creating extra trash for the for the world or whatever it is. Because I truly do believe that we think that visibility is, is showing up more, saying more and doing more, but mm-hmm. actually it's a two-way street. It's the opportunity to share things about yourself that open up the conversation with others to see themselves in your content and also taking the time to ask them questions and get to know them better and allow them to be a part of that visibility. People have to mm-hmm. really be able to kind of see themselves in your content and also you take the time to see like where do you fit in into what they're sharing and what is it that they're sharing that identifies with the part of who you are. Are we talking in general? Because w- w- as you say that, my my brain goes right to like Instagram, for example. Because I remember telling you a few weeks ago, I was like, again, I have this block around. No one cares <laughs> that I can't I, I can't figure out my camera here, right? Or that like <laughs> I was just about to do an interview this morning and the thing flopped down. Oh my behind my monitor, the person I was interviewing for the show was sitting there. I was talking through that they couldn't see me, right? Because I was like, <laughs> I'm fixing my camera right now. We're supposed to be, I'm supposed to be doing an interview. I feel terrible. But you're like, no, no. Right. And I think sometimes it's important to take a moment to ask them, why are they showing up as well? Mm. I think sometimes we forget to do that, to really dig deeper and understand why do they show up for you? They can follow anybody on social media. They can listen to any podcast. You know, Why are they listening to yours? What is it about you that's keeping them there? Mm-hmm. So that way you can really dig deeper on, you know, is this actually what I intended people to show up for? Number one, was this my intention? And number two, if it was, how can I keep that going and do more of that? But yeah, I think that people care a lot less about <laughs> the audio quality and the video quality and more about the dynamics and the energy. And I know that sounds so woo and I'm like not even a woo person at all, but they really do care more about the general feeling of what they're observing and absorbing because people want to be around good people that have things in common with them. Yeah. I love the example that you used about the recycling. So what my brain immediately goes to, but then I catch myself literally is that people are going to be like, why are they talking about recycling? I'm not here for that, you know? (laughs) And so they're out of there. And I think past life, Rick would say, Ooh, you know, like, I'm not going to do that because of that fear. But now it's like, okay, no, like, see you later. I want to create a community of people that align with these types of things, whether it be recycling or whatever it might be. Agreed. And I think that it's it's part that and it's also, you know, being intentional about what you're choosing to share as well. So, I mean, sharing about the recycling piece makes sense for me because I support mm-hmm. people with visibility. So sometimes mm-hmm. I am naturally getting asked, especially that I was a makeup artist in a past life. And a lot of what I'm doing is helping people decide how they want to show up in all aspects from laying out what colors and things like that to you name it. So naturally, especially with the clients that wear makeup or skincare products, you know, they may ask me about some things like that. What do you recommend? I also have a personal brand. So I know the people around me are consuming a lot of deodorants and face creams and sprays and makeups. So they probably haven't thought about the fact that they're just throwing those in the garbage because they can't be recycled in city recycling. Yeah. And it's a great free resource they benefit from. 
It's one of those things that like, I think for the most part, if you despise (laughs) the planet that much that I've annoyed you by talking about this to where you need to unfollow, it's not going to feel good for me to work with you anyway. Yeah, it's true. It's a great point. And strategically, I'll say that like, even in our work with you, but with any client, you know, we take a look at how are we infusing their values into every single piece of their business internally, externally, how they work with clients, what they will do, what they won't do. And so at my other brand, Flaunt Your Fire, we won't design trash. We won't design things that are designed to be thrown away, um, especially Mm. after a single use. Mm -hmm. So if you had a problem with the fact that we recycle, us designing something for you is probably not going to work out too well because we're going to try to find the most sustainable way to design it. Yeah. So it all keeps coming back to the values. And And attracting and repelling. You know, you are going to repel some people. Yeah. But I can almost guarantee you those are the people that will feel like hell to work with, you know? And I don't think any of us, if we've ever been in the corporate world before, get out of that to build a business that still feels like a job. Yeah. So let's say we have a coaching program and we get to select who comes into the program. We are clear in our values. Before I ask this question, actually, I think it would be really helpful to distinguish between like what most people, myself included up to a few weeks ago, consider values and then the values that you're talking about here. Because that's yeah, such there's, an important question. Yeah. Cause like, <laughs> cause you were like, well, integrity is not. And so, I mean, we just broke that wide open and it makes so much sense now. Yeah. So I think that when most branding agencies or marketing agencies or any type of exercise you can find that's going to take you through laying out your values. You're kind of just picking a word, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not really thinking too deeply into what that looks like in actions. Like how can someone be able to audit those values? What do we need to know? How can you assess if you're living within integrity of those values? And so when we pick words like integrity or honesty, it's like from the outside looking in, I hope you value honesty (laughs) as a client, you know, but then also honesty means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. You know, sustainability means different things to different people. These words are so overused. So let's define that word for you and for your brand and for your company culture. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that one of the ways that we work through that process is not just defining the word and what it means to you, but also what are the actions associated with that? With us, we value, you know, community and connection and relationships. So because we value that, what will we do and what won't we do? Well, we won't exclude people based on their demographics. And we won't treat people like numbers or followers or subscribers or listeners. We approach each person as an individual human, you know, who has their own thoughts, their own lived experiences. And those are all very different from each other. Because of that, when we can and when time permits, we actually like say hello to new followers on our social accounts or new email subscribers. We send out newsletters sometimes that are interactive and ask people what they think about something and they can hit reply. You know, it's a two-way conversation because we value community and relationships. And when you're able to look at what you will do and what you won't do, it makes it easier for an outside looking in because we all, you know, have our areas that we can't really assess of our own because we're living in our own business every day to come Mm -hmm. in and say, here's where you're doing community and connection really well. And here's where you could improve on it. But when we don't have wills and won'ts and do's and don'ts, that becomes almost impossible to assess. 
What about for a more established business who's been operating in such a way where they're not using these filters and looking at things through these lenses that you're talking about here? They want to make a change because they know that, oh yeah, this is what I want to stand for. This is how I want to show up. But yet again, going back to that fear of, wait, I have all these people, quote unquote, listeners, community, customers, et cetera, that maybe don't align with this. And that business owner is fearful of the repercussions, if you will, of this new direction. What would you say? Um, I would say the best place to start is (laughs) number one, laying out those values. And you don't have to give them to the world and you don't have to integrate them immediately. I think that taking action at all is the first step. And it is getting it out of your head and onto paper and really laying out from an aspirational standpoint for this business owner who may not be doing these things front-facing already is Mm. what would you like this to look like in the future? That future could be 10 years from now. Future could be two years from now. I don't believe in necessarily giving yourself a timeline right away because that can make the fear higher and that can give us the stories that um, we're going to lose so much so quickly. So just laying them out and really looking at maybe not from the now of what we will do and won't do, but what we want to do and what we don't want to do long-term and know that you can work your way and ease your way and evolve into that. You don't Mm. have to burn it all down overnight Yeah, and that there will always be more opportunities and more money there. I say this as someone who has guided multiple businesses through this process of evolving their public image, their reputation, as well as the company culture along with Erica Corday and our mm-hmm. shared brand pause in the play. And I can say this with confidence that every business that we've supported with this has seen growth, you know, and it just takes time. It takes being able to step into and owning these things. It's not something that we advertise as a part of doing the values-based work or diversity, equity, inclusion work. Mm -hmm. But the truth is underneath that, there are some financial results of that that are actually much more positive than I think most people can tell themselves that they are. Yeah. And I think it goes back to that sort of like, what potentially is on the other side. And I don't mean doing it for the money. I just mean like, I'm one that likes to know like where things are going. And so that's why I had the question for you a few weeks ago is just like, okay, we're doing this work. I'm so excited about it. Like what is on the other side? Um, We had two clients that we are still working with, but began working with, I would say like early to mid 2020, just before like COVID quarantine started and Black Lives Matter, like really became a thing in America. And I'll say that in the beginning of that work, we were doing the values-based work and we were doing the deep, difficult conversations of really like, here's what I'm doing great and I want to do more of. And also here's why I have a lot of room for improvement. And that goes beyond just the marketing and the visibility piece, but also like the impact that you want to have in the world. Because I think most business owners want to do something beyond just make a whole lot of money. They want to create some change or job opportunities or whatever that may be. As things started to kick off um, and we started to roll out more of the strategy that we built and they started to see like three months down the road when you start seeing the results of those strategies being implemented, both of these businesses had their highest revenue producing months that they've ever had Oh, really? in the work that they've done with us. And to give you a little bit more clarity about what that looked like, one brand wanted to eradicate financial poverty for women-owned businesses. 
you know, and so they began really speaking out about hustle culture and how it's rooted in white supremacy and racism and slavery and how, you know, they wanted to really begin to break up with hustle culture and disrupt the way that people even see this productivity type of marketing and messaging that we get in the business coaching world. And in them doing that, like, and really prioritizing and talking about how business owners need to value uh, putting their time off in their calendar before they put their client calls in their calendar and how mm-hmm. that is so counterintuitive to what we are taught in the online marketing and business world. They just started to attract completely different kinds of clients that did want to live this never-ending work hamster wheel life anymore. Yeah. And what I've been thinking about the whole time as you've been talking just during this discussion when people allow themselves to be vulnerable and authentic in how they show up, they're going to be a whole lot happier Yeah, in their business overall. Yeah. And so there's been like major revenue things that have happened, but another client that we worked with, you know, a lot of it was more internal work on breaking up with her own hustle culture mm-hmm. and her own stories that you have to, as a relationship coach at the time, and she's pivoted her business since, spend so much time with clients and you have to go really deep and work with them really long and give them this big container to reach out to you whenever they want Mm -hmm. um, to realizing that she was in a season of her life where she wanted more freedom and more time off and that she could actually get the same revenue being able to offer smaller bite opportunities to work with her in just one day in just a webinar. Mm -hmm. And her revenue actually increased and switching into these shorter term engagements But also she had to learn to trust that her clients were capable of taking the tools that she was providing them and information and coaching she was providing them and doing their thing with it. They didn't need to be handheld and maybe in handholding them all the time, like I think coaches are told that they need to do, was actually possibly preventing them from actually getting some results. So Mm, it's been interesting. Right. It's been interesting to kind of take a look at and even just those two examples that it wasn't just more money but it was also more freedom and more alignment with the business and the results that they wanted to see happen and really just changing the way even their clients saw how things can look for them. I love that because that's one thing that we that we're all about here right is like look if you want to grow your business and have a bigger impact it doesn't have to come at the expense of like oh I have to work more I have to work longer I have to add more hours in order to achieve this that it's 100% possible to do that while working less. In fact, just like you said, it's counterintuitive, but it's the reality. What I'm hearing here is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but simpler is better. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> I am always going to be a fan of that phrase, being yeah. a, a minimalist myself. <laughs> less is more, so to speak, mm-hmm. or quality over quantity. But I also think a big part of it goes back to the word integrity that is so overused but it's really aligning more of what you believe in who you and your team truly are with what everybody else sees. I think we know in our gut when what we're putting out to the world is not necessarily our full truth. And so when we can begin to align that better, you know, it's also going to create alignment in who we attract. It's also going to create alignment in who our clients become. It's going to create more alignment in what the customer service of supporting them looks like. And 
then you have a business that doesn't just roll in the money because it's people who are completely aligned and they become these super fans that tell everybody they know about how incredible you are mm-hmm. because they have something more in common with you and your team than just the service, right? Yeah. It's the values piece. It's the knowing the stories of how much you love your daughter and yeah. all these other things that make you you. But on top of that, you know, you also have that added benefit of knowing that they're there for the long haul. You yeah. can change what you sell. You can pivot your business as entrepreneurs love to do is offer new things <laughs> and get rid of this old thing. And they're still going to be there because they're there for who you and your people are and what you're here to do, not necessarily what you're selling. It's an amazing point to wrap up, but I do want to ask one more question because as I told you before, you and I could talk about this for forever, right? Yeah. Once somebody becomes clear on their values, you mentioned having that like start to permeate the business, but where is a good place to start for people as they become clear on their values? And again, to say they have a successful business already, well, successful in their terms, and they are probably doing all the things, meaning they might have a team, but they still feel like heading towards burnout. I'm doing all the things. This doesn't feel good right now. So they become clear on the values. What kind of direction do they go at that point? Um, I think that's a great question. And it's really going to depend on the biggest pain point for each business. I think that the first thing is to, of course, anchor those values and actions, wills and won'ts, do's and don'ts. But once you've done that, you have to audit and you can't audit your own stuff. I mean, it's like trying to provide your own strategy. Most people can't, mm-hmm. they can't do that for themselves because we all have areas about our business or about ourselves that we're just not completely aware of. So finding a third party to audit different areas of your business. And what I mean by that is everything from your highest level piece of marketing or the content that you're using to like chop up and put in all the places. For many people, that's going to be the podcast mm-hmm. or a YouTube series or you know whatever that highest level piece is. If you don't have those kinds of pieces of content, it might be your newsletter or your blog looking at auditing your highest level piece of external that's being distributed because your external pieces are attracting new people to you. Sure. Always. Yeah. And we want to make sure that we begin to pivot who we're attracting, that we can attract more of the people we really want. And then the second piece of that is your internal. Your internal might be why you're leading to the burnout. And so looking at your company culture and an area that Erica Corday loves to audit is looking at the overall culture of the team and like what the processes are, what are meetings like, what are policies, are mental health days factored in to your agreement with your team members. But then also like what's in your team handbook? You know, what does communication with clients look like? When we're doing work with clients, how do we know if somebody's a no and they're just not a good fit and it's going to be really uncomfortable for the team to work with? These are all important places to audit because once you have clarity of what's really happening and not what you think is happening, then you're able to decide here's a strategy of what to shift towards one step Mm. at a time. I love that. Auditing or creating a system or process in the business that if you have the opportunity to vet new people coming into the business, meaning a client or something like that, ensuring that you had that sort of process. And that's one thing that we've begun to do with our work with you and Erica that we didn't have in the past. And it it's been a little rocky (laughs) as as we not gonna lie, getting out of the gates here. But I'm as rocky as it's been, if you will, I could not be happier that this is the new direction and this is such an important piece of the business now. Right. And I'm I'm a firm believer that growth comes from discomfort. 
And <laughs> I want to be transparent to anybody listening. This is not easy work to do, to have somebody come in and see all of your things, sometimes even your messes and your your blood, sweat and tears, you know, and then give you some feedback about that. That's not easy. And we're so grateful that people are willing to do that and do this work. But on the other side of that rockiness becomes the smoothest, most flowing machine that you could ever ask yeah. for. Yeah. And I say machine in a sense that it's running on its own to some degree, not the fact that you are having to like be a cog in the machine constantly working it. I think a great example in that arena is like for Flaunt Your Fire, we began to integrate no longer allowing urgency to be a part of our company culture last year. And mm. the first time that we had to have a conversation with a client about wanting something before the deadline that we could provide them and had quoted them for, it just not being possible was the most uncomfortable thing ever for our team member, Nani, and I to kind of coach her through. But on the other side of that, you know, we maintained our boundaries of being able to say that if we change this deadline, you know, now our team member who's designing this, you know, website for a client would not be able to maintain his current lifestyle of spending a certain amount of time with his daughter and having time off. And then it's like the year that everything happens. So if somebody gets sick because of COVID, yeah. You know, we're going to be late anyway. So we yeah. padded this time and these deadlines to treat our team like humans. And if we change our deadlines for our client and put a rush job on it, number one, our company culture has suffered. Number two, the end results probably suffered for that client. Yeah. And so being able to educate them on that, not just say, no, we can't do it, but hey, did you know that urgency is a tool of white supremacy culture? And it leads to this burnout and it leads to treating humans like machines, you know, especially if this deadline is perceived urgent, but not actually like yeah. the world's going to burn down urgent. <laughs> and what oh, happened urgency. with the client? <laughs> this are is you, one of the biggest lessons in our business ever. And I'm so glad you asked because they literally came back and thanked us for explaining that and was just so grateful that we laid that out for them. And we're like, wow, I really want to dig deeper into this and learn more about it because I now realize that that deadline that I was giving you, it wasn't a real urgent deadline and things will continue on as normal without that. And they've actually turned out to be the best client we've had. I was just going to say, they're probably, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, you're hearing it from me, having the scary <laughs> and conversations and the deeper conversations I think people are afraid to have can sometimes turn out into the best client and business relationships you could ever have. Yeah. I love it. So I want to just wrap up here. And number one, thank you for all this. This is so, so good. And I think this is absolutely an ongoing discussion that we need to continue having here on the show. So if people want to connect with you, work with you, look at how you help people and brands and so forth, I know you have multiple places. Um, one of the best places that you can do that is heading over to pauseontheplay.com slash community. And there we have a community full of incredible business owners and their team members. And we're diving into all things of doing branding, doing visibility, and really integrating your values into your business differently. I think that there's no better way to get this work started than with the accountability and the camaraderie of others who are doing the same work. And being able to clearly see which each person values and seeing where you're aligned and building relationships with them. Because 
you know, as we start to shed the old relationships that no longer feel aligned, it's important to build new ones that are happy to support you, promote you, and send people to you for business. And to know that you're not alone in this work, right? That's so, so important. Because it's very easy to feel that way. Yeah. Especially when we're in the online space, which is a lonely venture in and of itself. And the beauty of, you know, doing things like this in communities, you get to see people who are just getting started in the space. And you also get to see people supporting you who have been on the other side and gotten the results and are there to keep it going. I think another great way to do that and a free resource, because I love being accessible to where anybody is in their journey, is to check out our podcast. We have Pause on the Plays podcast, and we also have Flaunt Your Fires podcast. And they dive into different sides. Pause on the Plays is definitely more of the diversity conversation. And Flaunt Your Fires going more into visibility and how you show up and even diving into some of the psychological fear-based pieces of you know getting out there and mm-hmm. really being more of yourself publicly. And they're both free on any podcast app that you choose to listen to this podcast. So go ahead Love and give it. us a follow there. Love it. I'll link all the links up that India is talking about here on the show notes for today's episode. But uh, India, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise. So good. So good. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me, Rick. All right. Hope you get a ton out of this conversation here with India today. Hey, if you're an online course creator or you're an online coach and you want to be growing your business, you want to be scaling your business, you're already averaging at least seven to eight K per month in your online business, but you're not really sure what to do to scale it. You're not really sure what you should be working on in your business. You're feel like you're doing all the things and you want to grow and scale but you cannot be adding more hours. In fact, you want to work fewer hours while scaling more. Well, these are the types of challenges that we help you overcome and blast through in my accelerator coaching program. Okay. This is one-on-one coaching with me and our coaches. This is group coaching. And this is also an amazing mastermind experience with the rest of the awesome online entrepreneurs who are in Accelerator. If this sounds like something that we can help you with and that you're interested in, then I want to invite you to learn more and apply over at rickmulready.com forward slash accelerator. All right, my friends, as always, thank you so much for tuning in today. Super appreciate you. I'll see you right back here for the next episode of the Art of Online Business Podcast. Do you want to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators ad money? I see these over and over and over again, and I put them together in a mini email series. This is not fluff. Each of the seven mistakes, I also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of Facebook ad manager how to fix those mistakes. This is good, solid, and it will save you money or help you make more money with your Facebook ads click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link and you can go download it right now for free.